0: Hey everyone, this is Krish and welcome to Snowpal's podcast. Hope you're doing well. In this podcast, uh, I want to talk about keeping code dry, like as in do not repeat yourself. Uh, but before we go into the podcast, uh, I want to ask you if you've uh, checked out pitch.snowpal.com. If you've not, uh, you should. Uh, and if you like charts and data visualization, we've got plenty of those. I have my own favorites, but uh, I love the Sankey charts. So the next time you're on the product, check out the Sankey charts. Um, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So in this podcast, like I said, I wanted to talk about uh, keeping code dry. Uh, what does that mean? Let me take uh, uh, an example, right? A more practical one, uh, which uh, takes our product uh, into consideration. So uh, we have uh, in our product the business, in our business model, and the data structures. Uh, at the highest level, you have something called a key, uh, which is like your entrance to managing whatever it is that you want to manage. Uh, and then when you get into a key, you have blocks, uh, you have pods at the same level and you have pods underneath blocks as well, right? So you have three to four levels of hierarchy and then you could create tasks at each of these levels. Now that's just a high level example. Let's just remember that you have keys and blocks, pods, block pods, uh, tasks, right? So the bunch of different models. Now they're all different and they are get similar, right? And what I mean by that is, they're different because they, they sit separately, they have dependencies on each other, they are sit in a hierarchy, uh, but they also have similarities in the sense uh, there are things underneath at the implementation level that we share between these items. Uh, one of it is metadata, right, you know, when was something created, when was something modified, Who modified it, who created it, things of that nature, but there's other items that are data-related which are also shared between these uh, entities and models. Now that's kind of the high level, Uh, if I go any deeper, it wouldn't make that much sense in the context of this monologue, Uh, but the reason I uh, bring up that example is uh, when I start making some changes to a key, um, I make the changes to the key, right? I write it as though uh, there are no blocks or pods or block pods or tasks, right? Keep it simple. Just write it like as though that's the only problem you're trying to solve. Now when you go to a block, I mean it's alright to be cognizant of what's coming. uh, But I'm just, uh, I want to keep the early part of this monologue simple enough so I'm saying ignore that there are other models or entities and be selfish. Implement keys as though there are only keys and keys and nothing else but keys, right? Now you go to implementing blocks. You're going to identify, you're going to write some code and then realize you know what, this looks a little bit similar to what I have for keys. And you're going to write more code and you're going to realize oh this looks a whole lot similar to what i have for keys already at that point you have one of two options that should really it's really one option but at least on the surface right superficially you could say that you have one of two options one is you can ignore the fact that you have keys and you did something similar and by you i mean you or your team member one of your team members and again if you're working in a larger team you may not even know that someone did that because keys is if you're a smaller shop you know there are five six developers or whatever but if you have like 100 of them how are you supposed to know but even if you have 100 developers each team is going to have like a smaller number so i think you'd still know but in any case right you want to uh, you want to ask yourself a question which is hey uh now that i'm writing this is there anything similar that this product could possibly already have if it does have i do not want to reinvent the wheel right i want to keep it dry If you did it, or if you're in a much smaller team, you know someone else did it because you code reviewed their changes, then it becomes all the more easier, at least for you to know that there are similar changes. So you go look for those changes. And now what you do is, I said one of two options. One is copying everything you have for keys and pasting it for blocks. It works, but it's super ugly, and it's gonna be a maintenance nightmare. It's got 50 other problems, right? So obviously you don't wanna do that. So that's why I said it's kind of an option, but not really an option. The second one, which is truly the only option, is to make sure that you have it in one place and you use it in a number of places. And now again, depending on the stack you're in and depending on the complexity of this particular problem, I just took a very simple use case here. You could have dependencies on gems, other NPM modules, plugins, whatever, right? It could be n number of things. But let's say in our case, let's keep it simple. Let's say it's none of those external dependencies that you've pulled in. It's code that's literally sitting in your code base, but not even as a library, but literally in the realm of your own directory structures in that case you go look for that module or the mixin or the class or whatever it is right in the stack you're working on you pick that you refactor you make sure that's generic enough so it satisfies the problems of both key and the block now how can you go about doing this right there are many many ways to skin this cat uh again you want to look up design patterns uh, different methodologies design uh, you know whether it's object oriented or otherwise however you want to do this you want to do it through inheritance through composition through through one of many means and it will make sense in the context of that particular problem and the stack as well right whether you want to have modules or mixins and mix them here uh, or you want to implement other interfaces uh, and even, even if you are implementing interfaces Every language does it differently. You know, Dart does it a certain way, Java does it another way. Uh, I'm not a C-sharp person, but I'm sure it does it something, uh, maybe it does it slightly differently. Maybe it's only syntactically different. Conceptually, it's probably very close to Java. It's just a slightly better language, I think, uh, nicer. Anyways, that's a digression, uncalled for digression, sorry. Uh, back to what we were discussing, right? So depending on the stack, you want to pick how you want to go about solving that problem, but long story short, you want to keep it dry. You don't want to see the same line of code twice right Uh, generally my rule of thumb is if it's one line or two lines sometimes i'm all right repeating it even though it bothers me but i might not go all out to rewrite those pieces especially if it means i have to touch 50 other files Um, by the way I, i actually don't mind touching 50 files almost every single time uh, the, the, the strong, the more strongly typed the language is, the easier it is. But if you're doing it in JavaScript or Ruby, it, it's a little more challenging because, you know, you have to rely on the editor catching a bunch of things, which it does not, uh, not all the time at least. So you have to have your test suites, And if you don't have them, there's other ways you have to catch them. But if it's strongly typed, it's, it's much easier, right? You can find these issues. So refactoring becomes a whole lot more pleasurable in strongly typed languages. Now you want to go refactor it. Make sure it, uh, you, never uh, my school of thought is never stop yourself from improving the code base around where you're at it does not I mean I understand it's tricky because you want to keep your focus don't shake the foundation understood all of those points are uh, good and well taken Uh, but having said that there's no reason to not continually continually work on improving our code bases all the time right code that we write we don't like it the next day, the day after. So, you know, you constantly want to improve because, you know, things change, right? It's like my 5, my 6, 7, whatever it is. Things keep changing, libraries keep changing. Uh, I recently did an upgrade to, was it like Ruby 2.7 dot something? Uh, maybe it was higher. I can't remember the exact version number. Uh, and there are some actual uh, changes that ended up throwing a bunch of warnings. Uh, you could ignore those for a little while, but it bothers me to see any warnings in my console or my log. So I, I try to make sure it stays clean, more like your email inboxes, more you have, you don't know what you have to act upon. And if there are more plenty of logs with warnings and uh, debug and info messages, you don't know which ones are more important, or which ones are important enough to be addressed. So I try to keep them as clean as possible. So this the Ruby upgrade was actually something you know it did end up throwing a bunch of warnings but unfortunately it's not within our code base necessarily it's with our gem dependencies, so we couldn't do much about it now again I'm digressing back to what I was trying to say uh, keeping it dry so now you make the change because sometimes you are like you want to get this out the door so can I add it added to do uh, can I come back to it later trust me adding a to do and coming back to it rarely ever works you're gonna have a code base full of to do's I have plenty of to do's myself and I have priorities on those to do's I follow a certain format when I add add the to do's in the code base so it stares you in the face and says that need this needs fixing Uh, but the fact that it it became a comment like a to do comment tells me sort of implicitly that uh, it could have it could have waited which is why it waited which means it can probably wait a bit longer and then you end up sometimes waiting forever so you know just just do it right away and you'll be in good shape. So, back to keeping it dry. Uh, you know, even if you're pressed for time, try your best to, to not create the duplication because what happens, it's a slippery slope. You add duplication once and then you're gonna, someone else is gonna write more code, they're gonna look at this and maybe they copy-paste, and then it's gonna be a vicious circle where there's gonna be a lot of copy paste stuff. And now when you get into that point and three months later you want to come back and refactor, it's, it's, it's a much bigger nightmare. You have to touch a whole lot of stuff and if you don't have a test suite and if you're not wealthy enough as a company to afford these test suites, writing tests is expensive. Right? They're great, they're useful, but they're pricey, right? It takes a lot of time and if you're getting, uh, if you're trying to get done with a lot of stuff, it's not possible to always uh, write a lot of tests or sometimes any tests. Uh, code coverage becomes challenging so Uh, The the nicer thing is, uh, it's like a double-edged sword, if I may. Uh, The more code coverage you have, uh, the less you have to worry about code quality. Kind of, if you know what I mean. Because you rely on the code coverage, your tests to actually catch your code problems. Uh, But when you don't have those tests, your mind thinks otherwise you're like you know what i better do a much better job because otherwise uh, there's nothing for me to fall back on right you can't rely on manual intervention to catch these bugs and as the product go- grows it's impossible because you have so many dependencies like we have a, a ton of code already uh, we have a uh, number of clients like in terms of the user clients uh, and we can't i mean we refactor we want to be careful and you know it has a lot of dependencies um, so it, it does get very challenging, right? So doing it earlier, as quickly as possible, is, is a whole lot easier. And the smaller your team, smaller your company, and the more important, uh, more imperative it is that you do it as soon as you possibly can, and don't uh, delay, uh, which essentially is an inevitable, right? So now I talked about uh, keeping it dry with blocks. And so now when you go to pods, now you have a design pattern. You have something for keys and blocks. You could use them for pods. Now, a pod is a child of a key, a block is a child of a key, uh, but a pod can also be child of a block, by thereby becoming a grandchild of a key. Right. So there is a relationship there, but outside of the relationship, there are commonalities between these items, and tasks is entirely in parallel because each of these can have one or n number of tasks. Now, you identify the common items, right? You know, as you understand the, uh, the design, uh, the product, the business, uh, and the whole nine yards, you sort of draw these mental patterns in your mind and you're like, you know what, I need these pieces to sit separately. How they end up being sitting separately, whether they're uh, services embedded in your product offering uh, in a single uh, monolithic app, or whether they're microservices, better, you know, more services, the merrier. However, you keep them separate and isolated, the, the better of you are. The more isolated it is, the better of you are. But that's left to you, right? That's outside of keeping it dry. You could keep it dry in one of many ways. Uh, but, uh, and the reason I say this, I felt the need to do a podcast because I did want to talk about this topic, but also every time I've seen even open source code bases, right, uh, sometimes you see a, a, no, a redundancy, uh, you, you feel like a wide, you know, again, open source people are volunteering that time, so you're absolutely grateful to folks for doing that uh, there are moderators There's a whole process. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, the, the larger uh, the libraries, the, the more adopted it is, the more contributors, so it gets more challenging. And there are a number of open PRs at any given point of time. So all of this adds to the complexity, yeah, the devil is in the detail. Uh, but if you're, again, if you take your team, even if your company is thousands of developers, you bring it down to divisions and teams and departments and whatnot, you end up in maybe five, ten, fifteen, twenty devs in a team. I would imagine, uh, so that's it's a big number, but it's not a terribly unmanageable number of people. So you want to establish the, establish these patterns because the moment code starts appearing that does not look right, that doesn't look clean, that sort of sets a bad precedence. And there's someone else could someone else who joins a team might look at it, might be influenced by it, and might end up adopting it which is kind of bad, right? Then it starts spiraling because you had something which is not a great example. Uh, maybe you had a to-do, but again, how many times do you carefully look for a to-do when you're looking for design patterns that you want to adopt in other places in your code? So it's it's easier said than done uh, and you'd be like, okay, what's uh, why would someone need to even state the fact that you should keep something dry and not repeat yourself? It's because, again, it's easier said than done. I can't tell you how many code bases Uh, I've uh, had the luxury of being able to both contribute to and reviewing or helping out with and I see uh, that there's so much redundancy uh, and it becomes legacy as well right if it's there from uh, people are generally alright to touching it based on their personalities of course I like to touch code that I, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, code that not is in immediately in the purview of what I'm writing in the interest of improving code bases. But I've worked with other folks who are great engineers but who just like to stick to their worlds because they don't want to shake or shake the foundation. It's personal preferences, so to speak. Uh, but outside of that, even folks who want to make these improvements, they tend to do it if the changes were made in the last week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, maybe two months. The moment they see that it's three months, six months or a year old, they feel like they don't wanna to be touching it, right? So it becomes, the problem becomes more aggravated. So do your best, keep your code clean uh, and enjoy your code base yourself and also make it more enjoyable for folks who will be contributing to your code bases. Um, hopefully some of it made sense. Thanks for listening.